Yo, what's going on? It's the one and only, and we're back. And today I'm joined by a legend. So when that means a lot to the <laughs> So when that I used to have a crush on when I was a young kid. Running around, <laughs> what school. was wrong with you? <laughs> it took a while, but we're finally here. You know, however many years later, the one, the only Shelly Dottis is joining me. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I certainly appreciate it. I thought that was kind of cute yesterday. Well, earlier when you told me about that, I was like, oh, it's so funny because I, I, you know, a lot of, you know, guys come up and they're like, when I was a little kid, I loved you. I had your poster. And it's so cool to, you know, to see that. So I appreciate it. Let me tell you something, Shelly. One thing about me is that my mom, uh, who she passed away in 2009, but she used to own a record shop right here in Fort Worth. So uh, the thing about your music and some of the people that I've been able to interview uh, is that my mom actually was an independent record shop. She owned awesome. a Awesome. Mom and Pops. Yeah. In Fort Worth. And we specialized in selling Tex-Mex music. So you were one of the main artists that we would sell. So I would always tell people about you. And to this day, I remember how much in demand you were uh, in the nineties, you know what I mean? And I was growing up, I was a kid. So I was, yeah. you know, I, I, from the time I was born to the time I was 12 years old, I grew up in this space. And so I was very familiar with your music catalog. I was very familiar with you. I always tell people that, you know, at the time, at least at our record shop, you were probably uh, the most demanding, like the most, you had, there was a high demand for Shelly. Ah, oh, thank you. So. Yeah, the Metroplex area has always been good to me. You know, um, a lot of people don't realize, you know, I've been performing in the Dallas-Fort Worth area since probably 1984. People think of me and they think of me in the 90s, but I mean, I, I started Tejano Music in 82. Hmm. So I started with a local band here in San Antonio, which was an orchestra, Orquesta Tejano Orquesta. orquesta. And we would do a lot of shows in Dallas. You know, this was when, when I was a kid, I was probably like 11 or 12 years old, but the Metroplex has always, always, you know, been like hardcore Shelly fans. I think even to this day, like my, my highest downloads have come from that, from the Metroplex area. And, um, you know, we have history, we have history with the Metroplex. It's great. But, um, you know, I appreciate your mom and, you know, for the years of support that she gave our music, because that's one of the things that I really miss now is the mom and pop record shops. You know, it's, um, it was just so much excitement when you would go to the record shops, you know, it's like, you know, and I used to do a lot of uh, autograph sessions at, at the mom and pop record shops too, all the time. Well, you know, I think that's interesting too, because I know you don't know this, but I, I you know, I have a promoter background. So I, mm -hmm. I routed national tours for a lot of national recording artists over the last 10 plus years and I'm actually doing a big music festival in July right awesome the music festival after my mom's record shop and that's so, awesome so it was my way of kind of bringing it back around but like as I I'm embarking on this promotion because it's a big it's a big festival out here in Fort Worth that I'm putting on um I'm kind of going back in time and I'm remembering the music I'm remembering those moments and I'm also remembering how much of a contributor she was to, to the music. Absolutely, absolutely. People do not understand. You know, when you think of music or especially Tejano, you know, you think of who the artists are, you know. Maybe after the artists, you'll go to the labels. Maybe after the labels, you'll go to the producers and to the radio stations. But people don't understand that there are so many elements that go into making the machine, which is Tejano music function. 
um, you know, people behind the scenes, you know, when I did, uh, you know, when I was thanking everybody for my, for my final album, it's like, oh my God, how do I possibly thank every single person in 40 years that I've worked with? But, you know, there's so many elements, you know, record shops, God, manufacturers, um, photographers, printers. I even thanked roadies, you know, road crews that I've worked with all over the, you know, when we toured on the other side of the world. So, I mean, so many things. So absolutely, she was very, she was a huge contributor to our genre. Absolutely, without a doubt. And, and I think, you know, uh, 1995 Rom and 1995 Lorenzo right now are, are pretty excited to have you on. <laughs> That's awesome. It's because, you know, I say this on stage all the time. You know, a lot of people say we can't go back. We can't live in the past. But you know what? You can't forget where you came from if you want to get to where you're going. So obviously, because you stayed grounded and this is the foundation of who you are today, you always have to pay respects to it. You always have to pay homage to it in some way, because without that, it wouldn't have molded you into the man you are now, just like it wouldn't have molded me into the woman I am today had I forgotten my my beginnings, you know, it's important. Well, look, we, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, that was just the intro. <laughs> so <laughs> here we are, you know, 2021, you mentioned final album. We will get into that in just one second. We, I, I want to know how you've been, what you've been up to. But the name of the show is called Nothing Beats Experience. So we're going to dig into your experience. And I want to know from the very beginning, you mentioned 1984. By the way, I was born in 1985. Uh, <laughs> so so that, that's a good way to make me feel a little old. Uh, no, I, I started in 82 professionally. Yeah, I mean, so but I mean, I've been start? singing since I was a kid, so. Yeah, like, how did it start? What, what was the what was the decision to like, I mean, I, you know, I, I hate to ask the same question that you've been asked. No, 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 it's, it. well, I mean, I grew up in a very musical household. So I'm, I'm, I'm the baby of four. My siblings were like a little older than me. Like my sister before me is nine years older, so. I kind of, once they started getting a little older, I kind of grew up an only child, I guess, you know, because they were already getting married and moving out. But everyone in my family was musically inclined, my parents and my, my sisters and my brother. Um, so music has always been around me, like since the moment I probably could, my dad said I, I used to whistle before I could talk. Mm. So, um, you know, growing up, I listened to everything. I didn't listen to Tejano though. I, I didn't listen to it like on my own. I listened to it when we would go like to family functions or a quinceanera or a wedding, you know, I would hear it. I was familiar with it, but I listened to a lot of um, Olivia Newton-John, Hart, Pat Benatar. Um, you know, I love rock. I saw I'm, a, I'm kind of a, a rocker too, believe it or not. Um, but, you know, I just, once I started singing like around the house, I would carry my tape recorder everywhere. And then I learned how to play guitar and piano, drums by ear. I never studied music or nothing. And I would just carry this tape recorder around with my cassettes and I would sing anywhere and everywhere. I don't care where I was. School, as a matter of fact, uh, when I first started singing in front of my friends, I was already recording at this time. Uh, you know, I started, like I said, in 82, but, uh, well, let me finish that. Let me go there. So that way you can, I can work up to that. Um, well, my sister was getting married in 1982 and hired the Hot Tamales Orquesta that I started with. 
because David Modest was the vocalist of the band at the time. And my brother-in-law was a, or soon to be brother-in-law was a huge Stefano fan. He loved little Joe. He loved David Modest. And when they hired David, hired them, my sister thought it would be kind of cool if I sang with the band. So um, needless to say, David quit and went on his own before my sister's wedding, but I still practiced with the band. And the very same night that I practiced with them an English song by Olivia Newton-John, they called my parents and they were like, you know, we know she just left, she just practiced with us, but we would like for her to do another gig with us before your, your daughter's wedding. And my dad was like, okay. She only knows one song with y'all. And he's like, it's okay. So that's kind of how I got introduced to Tejano. They started showing me Tejano music and I started performing Tejano music and, you know, recorded my first record with them. Maybe within two months that I was with the band, I was already recording my first record. And, um, you know, at school, Tejano wasn't popular at this time with the young crowd. Um, it was mostly our parents and grandparents that listened. And I went to a Catholic school. I went to Catholic school my whole life. So we were very disciplined, very structured. And I remember one time in PE class, we were, uh, we were you know, lined up to exercise and I was, I, I was singing in, in line. I was just singing to myself. And I remember my PE coach was like, Shelly, you know, no talking. I was like, coach, I'm not talking. I'm just, I'm singing. And she was like, oh, well, if you want to sing, why don't you just come sing for the whole class? And I thought, I guess she thought I was going to be in, be uh, nervous. And I went up to the class and I just started, I had my tape recorder. I went and got it. I started singing and everybody was like, what? And so every time we went at a free period, I had to sing. <laughs> I was like, but, uh, you know, after a while, I kept it really quiet when I was in school. I didn't, I didn't go around and say I was a recording artist or I would perform every weekend. You know, I just kept it to myself. But it started to get out as I got into high school and stuff. Let me ask you, though. So hold on. I want to rewind here for a second. You mentioned that you had siblings and that your family was musically inclined. Were you the best singer of the family, though? <laughs> I wouldn't say the best. My <laughs> sister could sing really well. My sister's actually on one of my records. Um, when I recorded Quiero Ser Tu Amante in 1994 with my red dress, um, there's a song called Renacer on there. My sister's doing the harmonies on that song. Um, but she was sweating profusely when we were recording it in the studio. She just gets really nervous and scared when it comes to, you know, I don't know, crowds or recording. Anytime she gets next to a mic, she just freaks out. But my sister, Laura, could sing too. Um, I've never heard my brother sing. I mean, he played more instruments than anything. My mom and dad, I mean, they, they both can sing beautifully. My father, of course, passed away in 2016, but he was always singing around the house and whistling and mom sings great. But I don't know, I guess, I guess I'm the one that kind of just got a little better at it, I guess, as I got older. I hear you, I hear you. Well, you know, so you mentioned, you know, you start gigging in school, you, you know, you're transitioning into becoming a recording artist. At what point did it hit you that you were actually a recording artist? At what point did you say, wow, like, this is really doing that? And well, even when I... It, and I wasn't asking, but how hard was it too? Because considering that you didn't really grow up listening to piano music, that wasn't your necessary... No, that wasn't my forte. Yeah. You know, but it became something that obviously you, 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 you grew to love. 
How, how was that? It was crazy though, because I'll be honest, like, um, I didn't speak Spanish really much, you know, I kind of understood a little bit, but my mom would tell me what I was singing about so that I would be able to understand what I was saying. But when I first when I first held my very first record, my very first 45, it freaked me out. I was 10 years old. Mm. So I was like, wow, you know, all of these years I'd grown up playing vinyls, playing 45s. And then here I was holding one with my voice on it. But I'll never forget the first time I heard myself on the radio. And of course, it was AM radio. Um, you know, and I was like, wow, this is crazy. Um, I didn't really, honestly, I recorded like five records, five or six records with, with Hot Tamales before I branched off on my own. And I got signed with Manny Guerra at 17, which was my first album through Solo Tu. So I think it wasn't until then that I was really like, okay, because I got my first record contract, you know? Mm. So I think that's really when I considered myself a recording artist, um, was then when I did through Solo Tu. But it was weird because when I first started singing Tejano, it didn't feel foreign to me at all. It, it felt like second nature, even though I had never sung it before in my life. I just knew that it was honestly in my heart already. Like, obviously, God had embedded this passion for Tejano in me before I even knew it. So I fell in love with it very quickly. Uh, I also love the fact that being a Tejano artist, I could be versatile. It was okay for me to do a show with rancheras and cumbias and throw in some rock and some Madonna and, you know, uh, whatever, mariachi, whatever I wanted to do. And it was okay. And I was like, man, what, what an amazing gift to be in a genre that, that you can do that. What other genre can you do that? There's no other genre. No other genre can you do that. Country. You know, you can you can sing in Spanish and turn around and do country songs. It's like, and it's and it's it's accepted, you know, with the Hano fans. So to me, that I would be dumb to leave the Hano because I can't see myself just doing one one particular style of music all the time. You know, I mean, I would get bored, and that's how I grew up. I grew up very versatile. I grew up singing everything. So my whole life, I've been able to sing what I've wanted to sing. My whole career, my whole life, I've, I've always had the freedom to, to do what I want. And I love that. I guess, I guess now the question would be like, as you start experiencing this, this evolution from being in a group to now being a solo artist, to being signed as a solo artist, at 17, man, which I have another series of questions for that. <laughs> but in regards to just experiencing the fanfare of being a recording artist because here's the thing about it undisputed i don't want to hear it it's not up for debate the 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 latino culture our culture the mexican americans mexicans in general we are the most loyal most passionate fan base out period we 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 are so how would i word it to you we have so much buying power you know in, in what everything we do and when we support, yeah. we support the Latin record. world is huge. And when we support, we support in record numbers. And I truly believe that, at least from the volume of requests uh, from the video store, whenever we worked at my mom's record shop, I remember hearing so much about Sherry Lares, Sherry Lares, Sherry Lares. I always talked about you. Growing up, I would always talk, talk about 
Hey, I, I knew about Shalilatis before I knew about Janet Jackson. That's me though, right? <laughs> That's you know awesome. I mean? uh, that is so awesome. But I guess, how was it for you experiencing that fanfare and really like comprehending like, whoa, this is the Shalilatis thing is a thing. It was, it was um, of course, always a blessing, you know, because music is so powerful. It's such a, such a powerful gift to have. Um, but, you know, being so young, I mean, people are like, how did you like mentally, you know, prepare yourself for, for your career? And I'm like, well, if you think about it, I mean, I've done it since I was a child. So it wasn't anything that I would think it would be a lot harder if you were starting as an adult, you know, to me because you're already in your own mindset, you know, and sometimes when you're already in your own mindset, you don't, you don't have an open mind with things. Uh, but it was hard too, because as much love and respect that I was getting, a lot of things were still very political. Um, you know, I was still in the shadows of Selena and, uh, you know, it was hard sometimes because um, we were two totally different performers, you know, um, we didn't sound the same. We didn't look the same. We didn't perform the same. Um, you know, she didn't play instruments. Um, she, she wrote some songs, but not a lot of songs, you know, and here I wrote my biggest hits. Soy tu amor, es que estoy enamorada, you know, the list goes on. But, um, so that was tough because they would put us up against each other all the freaking time. And, um, you know, um, I think for the women, we're always kind of put up against each other like instantaneously. It's just, it's just a thing to do. Uh, compare vocalists, compare performers, put the women up against each other. It's, you don't really see it too much with the men at all. So it was tough. That was tough. And, you know, but I, my fan base is really what kept me going all the time. My fans were like hardcore Shellians hardcore voting for me, hardcore showing up at the shows, you know, buying the merchandise, you know, buying the music. So that's really what I focused on. I always kind of have always stayed in my own lane. Um, I'm not the type of artist that wants to be on top. Um, I just always try to be the best me and give people the best of me possible. But I've never tried to compete with anyone because we're all we're all unique. We're all one that no one is ever going to be like, you know. So I've always said God just made me Shelly Lottis, and that's who I'm just going to always be. That's who I'm going to always compete with is myself. But I'm saying in the in the Tejano world, if you will, you know, it was hard because you know you would you would want to get more recognition, but then you know, wouldn't happen or, you know, it was like, I don't know. There's a lot of things that come into play that I look back on now as a businesswoman, having my parents manage my career since day one, it has its pros and cons, you know, because I, I, I wasn't always 10 years old. And maybe looking back when I was in 1993, 21 years old, 20, 25 even, what would it really would have been like if I would have taken complete control over my career like I am now? Um, 
but then again, you can't regret anything because it's gotten you to this point and I have no regrets about that. But um, man, yeah, I, I remember playing Texas Stadium, at the Alamo Dome, and just hearing the response when I would come on stage or it was just, it's overwhelming. It's, it's, it's an, a feeling like, un, un, like no other because you see fans mouthing your words and coming to you and telling you, Dang, Shelly, you know, my, your music has been part of my life for this many years. Um, my mother introduced it to me or my grandmother introduced it to me. And now I'm showing it to my kids and my grandkids. And it's like, I mean, dang, dude, that's, that's huge. <laughs> that in itself means more to me than any record sale, any download, any, anything. It, that's really what is the most important thing to me that has been from then to now. Well, you know, and I have a lot of questions to ask in regards to Selena as well, but let me ask you something about your career in regards to, I think this is the one thing about that you said right now that I always tell young artists, I always tell, you know, people that are trying to break into the business, I go, there's no one ever that's going to be better at being you than you, right? So as long as you have that sense of individuality, absolutely, uh, you're always going to have a pathway to where it is that you want to get to. But I, I, I want to know, I guess, because we're, we're, I want to kind of really dive into the experience aspect of your career now. Not only, we'll, again, we'll talk about the Selena stuff here in a second, about the competitiveness and being pinned up against each other, whatever the case may be, right? Uh, I would look at it more from the standpoint of, you started at such a young age. The amount of discipline, the amount yeah. of, the amount of dedication that that requires for a young kid to eventually evolve into a young adult to an actual adult as a recording artist. I don't know if people realize how demanding that is. You talked about starting in wow. two. It's yeah. about to be the year 2022 next year. You know, that's, <laughs> that's a long, that's 40, years. that's 40 years of being a recording artist, a performer, and not everybody gets an opportunity to live that long, let alone have a career that long. So kudos to you for being able to- Thank you. Be able to, to sustain that amount of time doing this. But how much of a toll does that take? And really, I know this is gonna be cliche, but how hard is it? And, and mentally, psychologically, emotionally, all the way around, to be able to be a recording artist? Well, first of all, thank you. No one has ever acknowledged that to me, ever. Anyone that's interviewed me. You're the first one that's ever acknowledged that in any way, shape or form. So thank you for that. Because it's, it, you know, you're right. People don't know. Um, this, is a, this is a career that of course, you know, we always, later on, when you're an adult, you have the choice to stay in or stay out or get out, right? So it's not anything that's forced on us. We're doing it because it's our passion. It's what we love. It's who we are. Um, discipline, I will be honest with you. For me and my, in my household, I come from a very disciplined family anyway. Um, my father was very old school. Um, very, very hardworking very hardworking man, worth ethic to throw up in the air. Uh, my father was a man of his word. 
Okay, so I grew up with, if you say you're going to do something, then you don't do that. Plus, I went to Catholic school, like I said, and there was no room for anything other than structure, discipline. Uh, but even though my dad and my mom were both very disciplined and structured with us, they were very loving at the same time. So I had a, you know, big amount of support, whatever it was I was going to choose to do in life. But it really wasn't hard. Like I really enjoyed once I started singing at 10. Uh, my parents did set down the, the rules with the with the band that I was going to perform with that. If I was going to perform on a weekday, I had to perform early because I had school the next day. And my my deal with my parents was if I was to start doing bad in school, I would have to stop singing. It's like a kid that loves to play sports. You know, they're going to try to do well because that's what they want to do. So it was like that with me for music. So that was always my incentive <laughs> to do well in school, really, was because I, kept, I wanted to keep singing. Uh, the first gig that I ever did, and I saw the crowd come to the stage, I was like, wow, this is electrifying. This is like unlike anything else. And I used to throw concerts in my backyard here at seven, eight years old. I would charge my neighborhood friends to come see me sing for five cents. So, I mean, it, it has been embedded in me from as far back as I can remember. So it really wasn't hard in that sense to really dedicate myself. But, but me, Shelly, as a person, Shelly, as a as Shelly, I, once I set my mind to, to something, you best believe I'm going to put 150%, whatever it is. I don't half-ass anything, okay? That's me personally, business and professionally i if i dedicate myself to something it's going to be wholeheartedly but there were times where you know i was in school i was playing sports i was performing and my parents kind of always wanted me to have a sense of normalcy um that's why they still allowed me to play sports um that's why they kind of wanted me to still stay in school and not you know get out and go on the road um because my education was first in my household. But there were times where I was picked on uh, at school for singing in Spanish. Um, like I said, it wasn't popular just yet. <laughs> it wasn't the 90s yet. So, you know, I remember, you know, girls like maybe their parents listened to Tejano and they knew who I was. They would be like mimicking my song like down the hall and you know I, I, I remember that um, but then later on they wound up being at my shows but <laughs> that's a whole other story but um, as a child I think that was my biggest the biggest strong point of my career because I did start off so so young but it is very demanding and you do sacrifice a lot it, it, it isn't it's not easy um, the hours you work, the uh, the success or the lack thereof of a song or a show. I mean, there were times where I performed in front of nobody, you know, and nobody knew who Shelly Lottis was yet. You know what? I think those are the those are the moments right there that really define a performer because absolutely that, that could psychologically throw a performer off when they're performing in front of nobody or 
those standstill moments that you feel like things aren't moving and it's like, okay, are you built for this or are you not built for this? The reason right. I talk about the demand is because I, as a female, you add that layer on top of that, you know, oh, yeah. you, know <laughs> you're, 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 you know, obviously you deal with a lot of sexism. You deal, deal with a lot of like uh, just people being who they are, uh, you know, uh, you know, using their position of power for whatever reason, abusing a, a position of power. But in addition to that, you as an individual, as a human being, like, especially growing up, like, can you really date when you're in this business? Can you really? Oh, man. Yeah, that was hard. <laughs> you know, the reason I say that is because I work with young female talent and I have, you know, yeah. there's a girl in San Antonio that I, I remember I was mentoring and I told her, whatever you do, girl, be married to your career. Married to your career. Yeah. Your career. It, it takes it takes a lot out of you, you know. And you know, because since I still was in school, there was only a certain amount of time that I could still, you know, give. But as far when you're going back to what you were saying for the females, okay, when I started in 82, there was already Laura Canales, Elsa Garcia, Patsy Torres, Janis Ramirez, Linda Escobar, Selena, and Lisa Lopez. So there were seven women, that's it. Just seven women before me. Then I kind of came along in my own little time. And then females like Elida, Stephanie Lynn, Stephanie came in the 90s, like later. But I do remember whether they don't want you to open, you know, close a show. Um, but uh, mind you, again, here I was, I was 10 years old. 11 13 so i had my father to protect me um nobody was gonna cross my dad that's for sure they would be dumb if they would have done that so my father was really the one honestly in the beginning to put the line in the sand they don't cross my daughter here because i mean he had confrontations once i started touring full-time he had plenty of confrontations with bands with Grupo Mas, with Tropa F, you know, because they were demolishing the sound or, you know, something to that effect. I mean, and he would not stand down. My father would not stand down for no to nobody. So they, they really like, that's when the, the really the respect level came for my father. And then it automatically came to me. It wasn't until like I was able to really speak for myself and um, handle my own. And my father taught me that probably when I was about 15 or 16. That's when he started saying, look, you gotta watch everything I do because I'm not always gonna be around and you're gonna have to know how to handle yourself and I know you can. And you know, I mean, there were plenty of times I would do interviews and maybe a DJ would kind of try to be an ass, you know, to me, um, just be smart ass or something to that effect. And, you know, I would, I would immediately fight back. You know, and a lot of women, well, they're starting to now, but a lot of women at the time would just kind of like, it would catch them off guard or they would cry or, you know, they would get upset, but not me. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not a pushover though. You know, um, I, 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 I expect the same amount of respect that I give with anyone. That's with anyone. I don't walk into a room and expect the red seat apart from me. It's like, I, I'm going to always be humble. I'll always be cool with you as you're cool with me. You know, we have mutual respect for each other and what we bring to the table and there's no problem. But um, I was trying to see if there was a like a particular moment where 
you know, something like that ever happened to me. And it didn't. I mean, other than guys like getting overly friendly at the shows or trying to be touchy feely. And again, here we go with my dad, like eagle eye everybody, you know, and he would he would handle it. And he did on several occasions. He did. Hey, hold on, hold on. Was there ever a guy that you liked that you wanted to talk to, but dad was like, no, that ain't gonna happen. No, 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 no. I mean, I dated here and there, to be honest with you, I did. But I never really gave my whole 100% to who I was dating because my career had that. Because you were married to your my- career, as I like to say. But see, I think that also, like, being able to defend yourself as a female, and I'll give you a lot of credit for that, uh, that stigma starts getting attached to the diva word. Oh, she's a diva. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? But it's like, is that really a bad thing, considering that I'm not a pusher? <laughs> so if it comes no. Up, yeah, I'm a diva. <laughs> the diva in a sense like go you got to bring me this or uh even even the way I dress you know like uh only when I have to you know you'll catch me in my heels and uh I always tease the girls because when we did Las Tres Divas you know I would say nope those are the two divas (laughs) you know uh, I don't know it's like I mean I don't think I am um I'm just a woman who who knows what she wants that's basically it and I'll do everything possible to 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 achieve whatever I have whatever goals I have set for myself and I still have a lot of goals I mean there's still a lot of things that I want to accomplish and the first on my list right now is to really help the Hana music get get to another level um maybe not as an artist but as a producer as a record label um that's really the focus point I'm coming from because, you know, I am retiring. So it's not going to be for me. It's going to be for my genre. So, you know, but yeah, I think a lot of people know me in this industry that, uh, yeah, I'm very humble. I'm very grateful. I'm very, very cool. You know, I'm chill, but I, I don't play when it comes to my business. That's for sure. Look, we have more to go in regards to the retirement, the album, all of that, but I have to ask because, you know, there's fans that are watching that are going to want to know. Obviously, you mentioned Selena, right? And, you know, it's been well documented. I actually watched an interview of you yeah. where you talked about your friendship with her. And obviously, you mentioned that, you know, it, there was a period of time where, you know, you guys were always pinned against each other. But you have two powerhouses at a time where the, the genre is peaking, right? So naturally, they're going to be compared. Naturally, it's going to happen. And I, I I would like to believe, and I guess this is the question I want to ask, because during that run, I know you were busy, focused on your lane. She was on her lane. Y'all were obviously friends, and we'll touch on that in a second. But just from a competitive standpoint, healthy competition, may I add, I would look at it like a, lo- a lot of times you see pro athletes, right? You would hear stories of like yeah, Kobe Bryant would go to the locker room, see what all the other players would score, and then he would go and say, I'm going to go top that because it motivated yeah. me to be better. Was there ever, ever any sense of that, at least within your relationship with Selena in the sense that you would see her do well and you're like, you know what? That was great. It makes me want to be equally as great or greater or whatever the case. Or was it always just like, hey, I'm, in, I'm doing me. That's what it is. Honestly, I had no ounce of that. Not one ounce did I want to accomplish or do whatever she was doing. Because to me, I always looked at it. She had her journey. 
I had my journey. And, um, you know, we were so different uh, in so many aspects. I mean, the only similar thing aside from our age, you know, because she's only seven months older than me, was, you know, we both came from a very disciplined household. We we're very close to our family. Um, so when we, she and I started, you know, we were, we were super young. So, but mind you, she had already had about five or six years before me, before I even came in to, into Tejano. So she was already kind of well ahead of me. Um, but, and you could see it, you know, you could see the experience. When I would, when I first saw her perform at age 10, I could see this girl's, you know, and I had heard of her name and we finally got to meet and, you know, at age 10 in San Antonio at Market Square. That was our first show together. And I just watched and I was like, wow, this, she's awesome. You can tell she's, she's already has that experience and that confidence that I was just barely coming into Tejano. So I really hadn't found myself artistically yet. Um, but I've never and never ever on my father <laughs> have I ever felt like uh, any kind of competitiveness, um, nothing like that. Not for me. I mean, if I did, I would say it, trust me. I mean what I say and I say what I mean. So well, if I, if I, if I would have had it in this, in this section, I would have been like, yeah, I wish I would have had that, but I never did. I never did because she was her own, her own entity, you know, and, and I mean, and an amazing one at that. So. Absolutely. You know, and I'm not trying to shake the sound bite out of you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. Oh, no, no. To get it out of you. I just want I to. I think people it. just expect something else to come out of my mouth. No, you know, and I'm sorry, because I give kind of boring answers. Cause I, I mean, I, I don't give any, like anything but the truth, you know, for me is, it's no, really what I'm you know, speaking from my heart. I, I think that's that's good information because I think there has been that stigma up to a certain extent. We're not stigma, more so the perception because of the narratives that have been absolutely. And I think it's a yeah because I've heard you and I've I've heard the interviews of you saying like this was your friend. You were actually really good friends with her. Like you guys befriended one another because in a lot of ways you just mentioned starting at similar ages. You know, she may have gotten the head start, but you guys. We're both young performers coming from a, 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 a really tight family. And when you're in this business, very few people can relate to that, that are your age. Big that, time. You know, so even though y'all were different type of artists, y'all were still very much doing something similar that only you got, you had a commonality. Yeah, we had a big thing, something big in common and that was music, our love for music. And uh, you're right, I mean, Everyone else seems so old to us. I remember, <laughs> but they, they probably weren't. They were probably like in their twenties. But to a ten-year-old, yeah, you know, they seem old. But um, but we would hardly. I've shared this many times. We would hardly talk about music. Hardly, hardly ever. Hardly ever. I mean, if we did at all, it was probably maybe in all the years I like twenty-three years I knew her maybe like five times, maybe we talked about music. It was never about music. It was always about life or normal day girl things, you know, like typical, you know, adolescent girls and then teenage girls, then young adult girls, you know, it's like our conversations changed throughout the years, but 
you know, there was a point there where we didn't speak too much, but, um, but it was never about music. It's weird. Do you mind me asking you, how did you guys befriend one another? Was it just because of the commonality? <clears throat> it was, uh, well, you know, Tejano was so small and I'd been hearing about her name. You know, I, I, I heard her music and I heard her name. Uh, Patsy even mentioned her, Patsy Torres was my mentor. So, um, you know, Patsy was like, yeah, there's another girl that's about, it's like she's your age and she's great. And her name is Selena. And I'm like, cool. She's like, she's in the Corpus area. I was like, awesome. Maybe I'll get to meet her, you know, sure. We'll run into each other one day. And sure enough, we, we did a, a show at the market square and we, we met and it's like instantly we just clicked. We were like, oh, you know, we, we like the same thing and we're the same age and, you know, we just started talking, you know, as friends on the phone and we would write letters. We used to write a lot of letters back oh, in the day when it was, you wow. know, old school. <laughs> yeah, we would write letters to each other. And, uh, you know, mind you, she, she was just barely getting out of homeschooling and stuff. So I would go to school. But whenever she would call late, my, my parents would allow me to talk to her because they knew that she wasn't on like a school schedule per se. Um, but it wasn't until we were like, maybe really like, man, God, every time there was a function for the Tejano Music Awards or anything for the, for the, for Tejano Music period, you know, we would hang out. Uh, my spring breaks, I would spend over there in Corpus. Um, so, you know, it was like, any, any time we got to hang out, we would, you know, when she performed in San Antonio or I'd perform in Corpus or she would just come visit or, you know, stuff like that. It's just uh, mostly during the awards. I have a lot of fond memories of the awards and the nominees dances and fanfare. And that was a time we really looked forward to because we knew we were going to hang out afterwards. So, you know, like I said, it's like, you know, with your best friend, you get excited. You're going to see each other. Y'all going to talk and hang out and talk about life. And, you know, it's like, we always had a blast. She was, she was crazy. <laughs> she was funny. So she was always entertaining me. That's for sure. That's awesome. Well, you know what, I guess, you know, one of the things that I had seen in one of the interviews that you did is that you mentioned you've never watched the movie, the series or anything. Has that changed? <laughs> you just don't, is it just too, too sensitive for you or just. Yeah. It, it, it takes, it takes me to a weird place. Um, it doesn't make me sad per se. I guess I guess sad is a good word. Sad is a good word. Because um, then I start thinking about it and it's like, like right now where I'm at, it's not that I'm in denial. I know my friend is resting right now. Like I know she's, in her belief, I know she's, I believe she's sleeping. She's resting. Um, but I, I was around for a lot of what happened during the series, I guess. Um, so I got to actually see and, and live it. Um, but I don't know, cause I know a lot of it is not going to be 100% legit. I know maybe 90% maybe, um, because I mean, even after the series came out and, um, they showed my segment, I guess, of me and. Uh, I got I got inundated with phone calls and text messages and and DMs 
from people asking me all kinds of questions, you know, wow, we didn't know that AB tried to take Chris from you. And I'm like, what? You know, it's like, and then see, that just kind of like turns me off. I'm like, you know, I don't, that's not what happened. <laughs> but I'm sure, you know, Hollywood, you're, they have to some way. For TV. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but I tell people don't believe every single thing, okay? Just and and it's it it's sometimes it's 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 amusing when like what you talked about earlier when people say, "Oh, she was so jealous of Selena." I'm like, "Wow, okay." <laughs> it's like yeah, I mean, thanks for letting me know that. I didn't even yeah, know, you know. <laughs> I'm like, "I was. Wow, thanks." You know, I mean, I guess you're in my heart and in my brain. Um, but it's all part of the, it's all the nature of the beast, you know, in a way, um, because that's what being in the public eye is. People have their perceptions of you or people think they know you as a person when they don't. Um, and then because maybe because I've always kind of kept my place and not been like, shoot, dude, I can tell you this, a lot, a lot of media reached out to me when she was killed. And when they found out, I mean, when she was killed alone, they wanted to interview me as her best friend. But when they found out that Yolanda had approached me first to be my fan club president, I'm talking media like in Mexico media, you're talking about people that wanted to interview me for money. And mm -hmm. I'm like, why am I gonna do that? You know? you know what they were doing? They were positioning a narrative there. And let me tell you something. We're, we're, we're uncensored, may I add. So we could say whatever we want in this show. Yeah. That's bullshit. And it's bullshit. Yeah. I'm going to explain to you why it's bullshit because this goes back to, and this is sometimes the, the nature of our culture. I love our culture, may I add. But I know how we often have this tendency to pin people against each other. And I feel... Yeah. I feel that here you have, again, going back to what I was mentioning a little while ago, two powerhouses at the time that the genre is peaking. I will say this, because I don't want to drag this too much longer, but I, I'm very appreciative of how protective you've been of your friendship with Selena. Like, I think that not everything's meant for people to know, especially, no. especially not traditional media, because uh, we live in such a TMZ clickbait era where if you, you give me an intriguing title, I'm going to run with it. You give me a sentence, I'm going to make it a paragraph. Give me a paragraph. Exactly. You know, uh, but I think in, in your sense, you know, I've always seen that you, you, you respect the friendship, you know, uh, um, you know, you're now talking 1995, 2021. It's been, it's been 20, 26 years uh, and, and you've been extremely protective of it. But I do have to ask one last question in regards to, to Selena. Do you have a relationship with the family or have you spoken to the family since then? Um, I'll see them on occasion. Like I saw Mr. Q not that long ago, but I don't like reach out. They don't reach out. I mean, it was not, you know, my relationship, my friendship wasn't with the family. It was with her. So, I mean, I was always respectful to them and stuff like that. And, you know, we did have some fun times, Correct. you know, throughout the years, but my friend isn't here anymore. So, um, you know, and it's always been kind of that thing where, I don't know, um, it's still, it's still all about business first, you know, so I guess I will always be seen as 
like we were in 1995, 94. And, you know, and it's like, we're not there anymore. You know, we're, I'm a, I mean, I'm going to be 50. We, she would have been 50. I'm going to, I'm going to be 50. Hey, you see what I'm saying? The 35. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. So it's like, um, but we really don't have any reason to hang out, honestly. I, I do. Um, yeah, we really, really don't. It's like, um, you know, I wish them well from from here. It's really how it is for me. Yeah, you know, and, and that's something that I've learned to accept and embrace because when my mother passed, all right, you know, obviously I lost my mother in 2009. Uh, I held a lot of resentment towards a lot of her friends and close people to her for a long period of time because I was like, they don't call. They don't check on us. And then I never sat and realized what they may be experiencing from a grieving perspective. And I think not to create an excuse, not to create anything, but I think that could be very difficult for someone to, yeah. to communicate with, uh, you know, your best friend. Absolutely, absolutely. So I just want people to understand that aspect as well, you know? Yeah, I mean, and, and our friendship, just like any other friendship, we have our rough moments, you know? Uh, a lot of friendships do. It's not like we were all perfect and always getting along. I mean, there were, you know, things would happen in life and, you know, we weren't always on good terms, but, you know, that, that's, that's life. That's how life is. But um, yeah, you know, I, I will always continue to be protective and I'm not going to go and talk about what my friend talked about in confidence to me. I mean, that's dumb. Why would I do that? Even though she's not here, I'm still going to honor the friendship. Absolutely. You know, I'm always going to honor the friendship no matter what. So um that's why i've always been very you know reserved when it comes to to talking about her because for one you know i i celebrate her life in my own way every day i don't have to always you know and i i'll share like our throwbacks you know a lot because the fans you know they they love her and they still want to know about her so you know when they see pictures of us as kids, I think like that last throwback I did, we were like 11, I think. Um, you know, they're like, wow. Like it freaks them out to see us that young and hanging out and, um, but I get it. You know, I get that people still are still fascinated. Who wouldn't be? I mean, her music to me was great. And I think that that's what people love. But I think the reason that her legacy has lived on this long is because of her persona. Yeah, for sure. And hey. that, and that is what, when we all pass on, is what should always be what people remember about you. Not, you know, and and uh, I have so many more thoughts on it. But hey, thank you so much for opening up about that. And yeah, I, sure. I don't. I don't want to continue on that too much but i just i had to touch on it because you know i know people want to <laughs> yeah want they do an opportunity to properly okay. clarify that let's talk about you now or uh, as far as the music let's get back to your music uh you have your final album that you're releasing here soon or you've already released it we released it it's lmd 82 which is uh, little miss dynamite 82 like i said is the year i started in tejano um, so it's doing really well right now. The fans are, um, and it's so funny because I announced it when I released it, I announced my retirement 
maybe some people were like, wow, she just wants to be able to say, you know, she's going to leave and they can get the CD and then she's going to come back or she's going to change her mind. I'm like, no, y'all. <laughs> Again, what I mean, I say what I mean and I mean what I say. And when I set my mind to something, then that's what I do. But it's doing really well. I've, um, I, I, what we were talking about earlier, I went back to where it all started for me, which is orchestra. So I implemented brass on the whole album, um, different instrumentation, different interpretations of brass. You know, I do have the old school Tejano songs. Uh, I re-recorded two of my very first 45s that I did with Hot Tamales. Um, I also implemented uh, Mean Vessels, which is, was one of my biggest hits in 2000. Uh, I redid it, the original version, which is a bolero. Um, so all of these elements that really contributed to my becoming the artist and writer and producer that I am now, um, that's something I really wanted to do on this album. You know, Nada de Ti I have with the girls is doing really well, which is, you know, Mariachi Cumbia. And I also have a duet with David Maris, because like I mentioned earlier, he was very instrumental in my becoming a Tejano artist and he didn't even know it. So having someone of that stature, I mean, a huge pioneer in Tejano music, David Maris, I mean, hello. That's a huge honor for me. Uh, but I, you know, it's doing well and the fans are, the cells have been amazing. So I, I have to say thanks to the fans for that because they're, they're really stepping up for me. So when you speak of retirement, you know, obviously last year COVID put everybody on standstill. You weren't able to tour, you weren't able to play. Uh, are you actively playing right now? Are you doing a, a retirement yeah. tour? And, you know, granted, ret retirement can be very vague, may I add. <laughs> well, I'm not retiring from working. Let's just say that. Okay. I'm retiring okay. my music in Tejano and for touring. So touring, you're, you're, you're hanging up the touring, tour. Touring, and I'm not going to record any more like Shelly Lottis Tejano albums. Yeah. You said Tejano. <laughs> uh, well, be, I say that because I have a Christian album okay. that I'm going to be working on on this next, you know, maybe next couple of months. That's awesome. Um, but after the Christian album, then, yeah, I may finish out a few collaborations that I've still been asked to do, um, even prior to my retirement. That, that they asked me to do. So I will, fit, I will fulfill those as well. But after that, I, I'm not interested in recording myself. I'm interested in recording other people. So, but the reason that I'm retiring is because, you know, I have so many different passions outside of music. Mm. Um, helping, pe helping people is huge to me. And, um, I knew even at a young age, I knew that I wasn't going to do music until like my last breath. I knew I wasn't going to do it till I was old. I knew that. I knew I wasn't going to be recording. I knew I wasn't going to be on the road. That's not what I wanted. I just didn't know what else yet. And I hadn't really found those other gifts other than music. But it wasn't until a few years ago that I realized what I really love. And that's actually physically helping people too. So I have been praying for the last five years for God to present to me when it was going to be time for me to hang it up, bow out gracefully, and go into nursing. Um, 
I toured the school that I plan on attending five years ago with the intent of starting then. But then I started getting super busy again on the road. I'm like, okay, I guess it's not time. And then, um, you know, kept 2018 came, I released, uh, you know, a song. And then 2019 came, I released Obra de Amor CD, did really well. I had a great year, 2018, 2019 on the road. I was like super busy. And then 2020 came, what was looking at, at another good year, you know, COVID hit. And that is what made me solidify my decision. Um, not financially, visually, watching the nurses and the doctors and everything that they were going through. And something in me just kept saying, I got to do that. I got to be there. I got to help people in some way. And that's when I'm like, it makes perfect sense. It's very full circle. I'm, I'm paying homage to where I started. I'm celebrating 40 years next year. It's perfect, perfect time. I'm gonna be 50. I'm still young enough to do a whole other career because guys, this is where, where we have it wrong. You don't have to do just one thing with your life. You don't. Life is meant to be to the complete fullest, to, to fulfill your, your every dreams, desires, get, to fulfill what gifts were given to you and, and to utilize them in every sense of the word. That's what life is to me. So I just feel like I've been blessed for 40 years, that my music has touched people in ways that I never imagined. But as a human being, to from one human being to another, there's something bigger for me. And I, I, I have to, I have to answer it. I can't ignore it. There's no way. Well, that's extremely honorable and that's awesome. And I, and I congratulate you for embarking on that journey. And I know that you're going to be an amazing, uh, you said nurse, correct? So I want to go into hospice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, that, yeah. I'm sorry. That just brought me a really, really uh, good memory of my grandma. Uh, so in 2018, my grandmother passed away. And right before she passed away, my last active memory of her being at her fully, you know, fully functioning was we were in a hospital room and my grandma's a traditional Mexican woman, but she was, you know, grandma. So she's comical. She's right. all of the above. And uh, I remember uh, they were saying in the room, you know, they were talking to my uncle, like, hey, I think it's time that we... Uh, we started Put her in hospice. Looking at hospice options, and she heard it. <laughs> I remember her saying, "Just like popping out of the bed, saying, hospice, I don't know muertos." Well, I mean, to you know, just just so she know. Well, you know, for you know, she probably didn't know Povisita. I mean, there's different forms of hospice, you know. Uh, but for me. Yes, what she talked about. I want to be end of life hospice. Wow, that's that's where I want to be. Um, I've been. Uh, a lot of my fans didn't know that when I was deciding, because I studied fitness and nutrition on the road. Um, I studied physical therapy aid, because I was kind of like reaching. What 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 is it? What is it that I'm passionate? What is it? What is it? You know, I kind of had an idea. Cause I'm also like a really good coach. Like I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm a life coach to a lot of people, honestly, in my business, in my genre. They call me all the time when they're gonna make life, life decisions. Um, I just have that motivating, positive thing about me. And I think that's just one of the gifts, you know, again, I think God gave me, you know, this leadership quality. So when I was praying on it, I was like, you know what? Let me make sure, because I was my father's caretaker too, my mother and I, uh, till his very last breath. And so I was like, you know, let me, let me, let me go into caretaking. Let me, as if I didn't have an, as if I had all the time in the world, but I made time. I made two days a week time to uh, work with this company that they had no clue who I was, which was kind of cool. But I said, um, I said, I really want to do this twice a week. I said, but they're like, well, no, why, well, you know, can we get you full time? And I was like, well, no, I already have a full time job. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, oh, what is it that you do? And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I was like um, I'm in the music business. And they're like, oh, well, what do you do? Do you sing? And I was like, yeah. And so, you know, still they weren't people who were listen to, listen to Tejano, you know. And so um, they Googled me like on the spot, the owner of the company. And she's like, oh, my God, you're famous. And we're oh my God, you know, I was like, no, no. I'm like, right now I'm just Shelly, you know, I'm. I'm Shelly looking to be your caretaker. And um, I had a few patients. And then I, I got paired up with a patient that I had for like three years. And I loved every single moment. She was elderly, of course, who always had the softest part of my heart. Um, and her husband was actually uh, on hospice and I wasn't his caretaker, but I took care of him very well too. And he only wanted me. Like he had his hospice nurses when he was already, you know, going to be passing and he didn't want them. He wanted me there. And um, so I, I, that's really when I was like, wow, it's needed. You know, hospice nurses are needed um, for not only the patient, but the family, you know? And so I've been on both sides. I've been on the side where I took care of him and I saw him pass and then well, I had several patients that passed and then seeing my father, you know, on this side. And, you know, so I just feel like as a human, and I keep sharing this on, on my interviews, is that I just feel as a human being, I'm not complete yet. I'm not complete yet. I feel like there's more for me out there that God wants me to do. And, and that's why I wish, to be honest with you, dude, I wish I was already doing it. Mm. I really do. I, I wish I was there like right this minute because that's like, it's so it's just like music did to me. Like, come here, Shelly. That's how I feel about nursing right now. And I'm like, when I announced my retirement, I didn't realize that it was going to get crazy <laughs> in a good way. Um, I didn't have to tell people I was retiring and I didn't have to tell people why. I was retiring because I, I honestly didn't, wasn't like I owed people an explanation. I just felt like as a courtesy of the love and support that people have given my career, it, it only seemed right for me to say, thank you. You know, this is why I'm going to bow out gracefully for me. It's not that I'm abandoning the Hano music. It's not that, you know, I'm jumping ship. 
you know, um, it's nothing like that. It's because in my life, I'm, I have other aspirations and, and nursing is it. And yeah. that's what I, that's what I want to retire, retire from working. That's the career I want to be in when I, when I decide to retire from work. And I think too, you know, like it's about fulfillment, right? You know, this is something that fulfills you. And above, absolutely, I remember watching an interview on Ellen uh, with Kanye West, and he talked about this incident that he had with Taylor Swift, right? And he said that he went into a really bad depression after that situation because everybody basically made him to be an asshole, right? Right. Which he was, which he yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he said that he went overseas and he started interning for uh, one of the designers. I forgot if it was Gucci or whoever it was. It was one of those big designers. And she she was like, intern, you an intern, you know, he's, he's a famous star. He's like, it was so important for me. And I remember this vividly. He goes, it was so important for me to remove myself from who I was as a recording artist, start over and realize that I can have a, a purpose and, and be fulfilled and work my way up again because that journey is something that you got to fall in love with the process. Right? Absolutely. So many people are fixated with the end result. versus Absolutely. The end result. And one thing about, and I'll leave you with this because I know we've been on the line for a while and I feel like we can go all night, but one thing about the, the, the interviews that I've seen on you, you mentioned leadership and you possess that to me in a lot of ways in regards to the way you carry yourself. And to be quite honest with you, I didn't know that you were, getting into nursing or that this was something that you were that you were embarking on because I was watching and I was like well she strikes me as you know uh, a boss she strikes me as someone that has leadership qualities she strikes me as someone that is gonna pay it forward have a record label sign <laughs> artist, and and basically you know all the things that you've gone through over the course of your career you know, you're going to be able to lend those experiences, those relationships, those resources, and the next crop of, you know, talent, the next generation of talent will be the beneficiaries of that because you crawl so they can walk, you walk so they can run, right? Right. But I, I had no idea because I was going to ask is like, was there any aspirations for you to be the music executive, which you already are for your career no but actually that is that is definitely on my list of goals as well um i've already said that after i finish my nursing school you know that is the plan to to that's another reason why i started shell shock records three is because not only did i want to be in 100 percent in control of everything shelly lattice but i i want to produce and sign but i knew that producing and signing again someone at this point or maybe a year ago would be dumb because I'm contributing my 150% to my career still. Everything I'm doing is for myself right now. I'm still like on the road. I'm still recording. I'm still, you know, I was recording. I'm still, you know, performing. That's my livelihood. So I, I wouldn't have been able to because I could have but I know what it's like to not have that 150% from your label, you know, paying attention to you and investing in you and stuff. And it takes investing in an artist. And right now I invest in myself. So that is the plan, you know, and, and whoever I sign, uh, they're gonna know 
every single aspect, element, whatever you want to call it, of being an artist, they're going to know it. Absolutely. They're not going to just be signed to record. And, you know, I'm going to throw them out to the dogs to go work on their own. I'm going to sit down with them and talk to them even about getting their gigs, you know, starting their business, first starting their business, first starting the business, recording, getting the gigs. They're going to know all of the songwriting royalties. They're going to know about mechanicals. They're going to know about merchandising. They're going to know about, you know, doing interviews. They're going to know about their social media, about their downloads, how to, how to upload, how to download. You know, it's, it's going to be a lot it's going to be definitely um, a school <laughs> for them to go through of mine because they're going to have to know. I'm going to teach them. That's for sure. That excites me because, you know, me being someone that um, you don't know a lot about me, but I was inducted into the Hall of Fame over here in Fort Worth in 2019. So Congratulations. Me being a, a young Hispanic male that is always, you know, work with young talent. I, I look to build for the future. I love to pay uh, absolutely.